to Film with the Women of My Life. My name is Brennan, and joining me tonight is Nicole. Hello. And please welcome back our guest's recurring guest, Griffin. Oh, hey, everyone. It's going to be great. <laughs> Thank you, Griffin. Yeah, Jess is still on vacation. Mama Kay needed a break, so we brought in uh, the hired gun for this one. Uh, brought and some we have reinforcements. The reinforcements. And tonight <laughs> we are doing the disaster artist. The disaster artist. Uh, I picked, the, well, I kind of picked this one. I knew uh, uh, Nicole had not seen it. Griffin, had you seen this one before? I saw The Room, which is the movie that it's based on, but I never saw The yes. Disaster Artist. So this is the movie that was made by James Franco, and it is about the making of a movie called The Room, which is a movie I will probably pick for a host pick at some point during this show. Uh, the Room is known as... I don't think as... you should. I think it would just spoil it by people that can't appreciate it, just bashing it. I mean, you shouldn't because it's amazing. I, I mean, it's the so the room. The room is known as the Citizen Kane of bad movies. It is uh, exceptionally inept. Uh, the storylines make no sense. The dialogue is horrid. Um, the the lead performance by actor, director, producer, writer, star, everything. Tommy Wiseau is uh, disturbing and uncomfortable, and um, it has become kind of a Rocky Horror Picture Show level movie where. People will go to it for midnight screenings at small theaters all around the country and yell at the screen and talk along with the dialogue and sometimes throw spoons and lots of other <laughs> fun little things. So this is the movie about the making of that movie. Uh, so when Greg Sestero, an aspiring film actor, meets the weird and mysterious Tommy Wiseau in an acting class, they form a unique friendship and travel to Hollywood to make their dreams come true. Uh, so uh, you two have both seen The Room. I think I have forced The Room on both of you. Correct? Yes, that's uh, true. Yeah, but I actually saw it again, You, I think last month with uh, my friends, because he never saw it, so me and my other friend showed him the Oh, you're spreading the joy of the room. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's frequently on YouTube, and it's it's got weird titles, because the licensing (laughs) around it's hard to, hard to, you know, Tommy's not, Tommy's many things, but he's not good at uh, protecting his licensing, I suppose. Um, but uh, Nicole and I actually saw it in a theater at, like, a a special screening for it. Oh, yeah. Uh, And uh, it was a I had a lot of fun. I think that was uh, so much you... fun. I guess say the event was probably fun, more fun than the movie. <laughs> well, yeah, part, watching the room. I mean, I'm a room enthusiast. I've I've seen the room probably over a dozen times. I think it's amazing. Uh, but when you watch it with uh, when you watch it with people, it's even better. And when you watch it with like half people who have seen it, and half people who haven't seen it, it's I think optimal. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. you, this is where you want the hecklers to be in there. Yes, you, yes, it's Rocky Horror Picture Show. You need the the bigger the, and crazier the audience, the more fun this is to watch. Uh, of course, this is all about not the movie we're doing. This is about the movie that the movie is based on. So, if you have not mm-hmm. seen The Room or The Disaster Artist, The Room is usually floating around on YouTube somewhere, and The Disaster Artist is on Netflix. Uh, I would recommend seeing The Room before Disaster Artist. I think it makes makes you like The Disaster Artist more. I'm curious what someone would think if they hadn't seen. The room first and just saw this as its own movie but uh mm-hmm. available on netflix disaster artists if you have any interest we're going to spoil it as well as elements of the room now 
We rate things here at Films with Women in My Life based on four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the movie. Uh, we start in 1998 San Francisco with 19-year-old Greg Sestero. Uh, he is trying to become an actor. He is uh, struggling. He's in a small little acting class. Uh, and he meets a man named Tommy Wiseau, and uh, Tommy is uh, very odd-looking. He's got uh, long black hair. His face is... Um, uh, distorted, I guess is a nice way to put it. Um, it's like a he has it's a little, it's a little, yeah, Neanderthal esque. Uh, he he has a very odd accent, which he insists is from New Orleans, but uh, it's very clearly <laughs> some sort of Eastern Eastern European accent. And uh, Greg is taken aback by how crazy of a performer Tommy is. He uh, he's impassionate and he's uh, unafraid. Um, but he's also terrible. But uh, Greg doesn't <laughs> understand that. So Greg and Tommy strike up a friendship. They move to L.A. where Tommy happens to have a second apartment. Yeah, keep, keep on track with this. Tommy has an, <laughs> an apartment in San Francisco and in L.A. Uh, both are kind of squalor, but still. Um, and they try to get their acting careers launched in L.A. Uh, Greg gets an agent but is having trouble. And Tommy is... I, we don't really know what Tommy's doing during all this. He's a very secretive man. Uh, and... The, the after a year of a lack of success, uh, Tommy gets the idea kind of from Greg to make their own movie. Uh, Tommy writes a screenplay about a melodrama love triangle story uh, that he stars in, and he calls it The Room. And uh, he, he spends millions of his own dollars. Again, we don't know where Tommy gets this money, but he <laughs> has millions of dollars and decides to make a movie with a bunch of people who think he's a crazy person, but hey, they're getting paid, and so they're going for it. And so we watch them try to make this movie, and it's a disaster. So that is a plot of the disaster artist. Uh, Nicole, what do you think of the plot of this movie? Um, I think this was a really smart choice for James Franco and Dave Franco and Seth Rogen, whoever was involved in making this, to actually make this, because if anybody you know, watches the room and wants more from it, this is probably the best thing possible to, to get that. And the way that this movie is written and you get little clips of scenes from the room, you know, if you, if you've seen it before, you're, it's very recognizable, um, the scenes that they're doing. And I think that they just do it so like wonderfully. Um, I like the idea of showing Tommy's like really weird backstory of that, like the two apartments and the mm-hmm. weird accent where he's decided to choose where the accent is from and um, all these little things. It just really adds to the experience of like, okay, this guy is crazy. He's so smart but he's so weird and I, you know, we want to hear, see more from him. We want to know what's going on with him. So for, um, the disaster artist to like put paint us a little bit of a picture, I think is really smart and it's just hysterical. Um, so I'm going to give it a four. What do you think Griffin? Uh, so I thought the plot of this movie was really good. It was, uh, mostly because of the, the way Tommy Wiseau portrays in this entire movie. So it just makes the plot, build it build itself up so much better so it's basically just like using how tommy wiseau acts in real life but it's also like just like super wild as in also like how he's in the movie so 
he just like continuously he continuously plays as like a crazy person this whole time and he can't and he just doesn't break character which is really interesting on how he can do that that long mm-hmm. <laughs> what's your number <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh, you right. Know. Well, there's numbers in this. Forgot about that. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, there's, uh, I give it a 3.5, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I like the beginning when they're just kind of working stuff out. It's it's a, it's a decent start. Uh, the best stuff, especially as a fan of the room, is when they're actually making it. Uh, the middle, I guess, third of the movie is them shooting a lot of the iconic scenes as well as some scenes you don't see get made in. Uh, and just watching Tommy interact with everyone and Greg kind of forced to, you know, be the peacekeeper and keep all the other, like, production people in line. Because all the other people are just, like, they're just regular, like, producers and script supervisor. And you got some, you know, actors getting their their break. And there's a lot of regular, like, small production people. And they have to deal with this this insane man. Just, like, <laughs> like truly, just, like, and, and, like, not insane, like, you would, uh, point to, like, uh, like a Kubrick or a Hitchcock, who is very, uh, methodical and, tra- and you know, sometimes hard to work with. Tommy's hard to work with because he's, he, he, he doesn't know what he's, he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> he has no idea what he's doing, but he's so sure. <laughs> it's, it's insane how bad he is. And when you, when you see the actual room, you, you, you know, like, he does have this weird charisma that, like, makes you want to watch more of him, but it's it's because it's, like, a, a very special kind of bad. Uh, and then, you know, we get to the, we get to the end, the, the friendship gets strained, and they, they screen the, the room, and uh, I, I kind of want to talk about that ending, the way they showed mm-hmm. the screening of the room and how it's going wrong, and then everyone's laughing at it, and Tommy's feelings are hurt, but then he's like, oh, no, I did this on purpose, there's a, I have a whole <laughs> thing on that. Um, but yeah, the, the plot of this movie is like, a, I'm with Griffin, That's it's like a 3-5. I think five. that he is so smart because he can read a, he can read a crowd like that and just kind of spin it so he's not looking so foolish. Like the fact that he can just get up there and, and swallow his pride and just say, yeah, this, I made this to be funny. Like, you know, that shows a lot of, of, uh, strength to do that. But I have a question for you guys. I want to know if you think that your plot score would be so high if they, didn't do as many or they completely left out the making of the scenes like to a T. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, with the very um, end, we do see them. They have the screen, the scenes mimicked like complete shot for shot. And then, yeah, the, the whole middle is recreating the scenes. Um, if you don't have that stuff, I'd lower it quite a bit. Cause that's the f- most fun stuff for mm-hmm. a fan yeah. to just nerd out on it. Well, yeah, I was going to say uh, the, the part where they uh, Tommy Wiseau is, reenacting his scene where he goes to the rooftop and he throws the water bottle on the ground and he has to like he, he they do like 80 takes because he's just like doesn't know what he's doing and then and then the guy's like here hold this water bottle he'll, he'll get it now <laughs> so true. I, I, yeah for, I, I guess yeah if you're if the more of a fan of the room you are the more you want these scenes in there uh, maybe we should have had mama k because mama k's never seen the room so i'm wondering what she would think of this movie having never seen it, but, uh, I don't know. Do, do you like the reenactments parts more like, like we do, or do you like this, the background story more? Oh, uh, no, I don't think I would like it as much if these weren't in there. Um, even if I de- never saw the other one before, like seeing him just completely fuck up every single time. And like, like Griffin said, the mm. 80 takes for one scene with one line in it. Um, <laughs> 
it's just funny. Like you need those those parts in it to keep the flow because otherwise it's just a very uh I don't want to say boring, but <clears throat> it's kind of dry otherwise. Like it's just dialogue between Tommy and uh whatever his name is, the other guy. Greg. Well, um well the reason Greg, there's no know? story is because it's like they don't know much about Tommy, so there's really no like plot without the making of the room. So that's it's very because, true. Yeah, because yeah, they, even they, at the end of this movie, his... you don't know where Tommy's from. You don't know like how old he is. You don't know why he's a multimillionaire. You you still know basically nothing. This is a definitely a movie about the making of the room and not about Tommy the man. Although I would love to know more, but I I, I have no way. I don't even know if he knows anymore. He talks about a car accident. I think he's probably brain damaged. Maybe he got money from a settlement. He has a lot of successful clothing lines. He's a very he is a very odd clothing man. Clothing lines. He does. He, you can buy Tommy Wiseau underwear. They are they're quite popular. He's got uh, jeans and a, he has like a modeling <laughs> thing. Yeah, oh, now you can got, wear Tommy. Uh, yeah, you want me to get some <laughs> some some Wiseau uh, underwear? Pretty good. Wow, I didn't even know that. Yeah, there's, you learn new things about him all the time. So these characters, <laughs> let's talk about them. Uh, Greg is our kind of our lead. He's the one we follow. Uh, he's the audience perspective for the most part. And then Tommy is, you know, the enigmatic figure at the center of the whole thing. Other characters in it, uh, the other actors in the movie. We have Juliet who plays Lisa. Uh, you've got. Uh, Carolyn uh, Minot, who plays uh, Claudette, uh, breast cancer lady. Uh, Zach Efron shows up as Dan Janjijin, uh, who plays Chris R. Uh, Josh Hutcherson plays Philip Haldeman, who plays Denny. You see there's a lot of plays, who plays, who plays kind of stuff in here. Mm. Uh, and then we also have some of like the background people, like Seth Rogen plays Sandy Chaclair. He's the script supervisor. Uh, you also have, uh, what's his name with the gap in the teeth? I always forget his name. Uh, Paul Shear. Paul Shear, yeah. Paul Shear mm-hmm. is uh, one of the, I think he's a line producer. Uh, and then you have a lot of other cameo kind of stuff, like Sharon Stone shows up as the agent, Bob Odenkirk's a method teacher, uh, Hannibal Burris and uh, Jason Manzukis are, are like reps for this um, this stage rental company where they buy all the equipment from. Uh, and then also we have a lot of, at the beginning of the movie, just celebrities being themselves. Uh, Kristen Bell, Ike Barinholtz, Adam Scott, Kevin Smith, J.J. Abrams, Danny McBride. Like, mm-hmm. just a bunch of people talking about how much they love the room. So, a lot of, a lot of little people in here. Uh, the characters, though, I mean, there's there's a couple at the top. Uh, oh, and I cannot forget Allison Bree. Allison Bree's in here as Amber, uh, Greg Scrofin. Love that Allison Bree. Uh, back to you, Griffin. What do you think of these characters? Uh, so the characters, obviously I love Tommy Wiseau because he's just so ridiculous and complicated and I don't even know what he's doing half, like 80% of the time. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I like Greg. He's okay. He's, um, he's kind of just like, it's like foiled to like him being kind of normal and just like wanting to like live the Hollywood dream. He's not, he's not a bad character. I, James Franco's pretty good usually. Uh, but my, I love the directors, like all the background directors are great. Cause during the entire movie, they're just saying, all right, fuck it. Just let, let him, let him do whatever he wants. <laughs> Cause they don't even <laughs> care anymore. <laughs> uh, it, it, there's so many good scenes where, where Seth Rogen's character has some of the best lines where he's like, uh, what, why did we build a whole set? It looks just like the alleyway out there <laughs> or like, why it's, it's you can't look at the camera? <laughs> this is big Hollywood movie. Uh, I hit her. You, you, no, do you want to change the lines? Seth Rogen's got some of the best lines in this. 
My favorite is, uh, he, they, uh, I forgot, when Greg tells that really terrible story, and then Tommy Wiseau just starts laughing, and he's like, what a story! laughing about the girl getting beaten. <laughs> and some girl goes, just like, right, we, we should change that. <laughs> we, need to, we need to change that. And then they just never do, because they're just like, fuck it, they're getting paid, they don't, they don't have to work. It's basically free yeah, money for 30 them. Days, they're 30 days over their limit by the end of it. Like, I love when it gets to, like, day 68 out of 40. Like, they're just... <laughs> exactly. That's fucking great. You you do have to give a number. Oh, again, again huh? we gotta do all the numbers. Um, uh, yes. I, get lost with, I get lost with all the amazing characters, so I gotta give it a five. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Nicole? Um, <laughs> I think that they're... All, everyone's portrayal of everybody from the room is just spot on. It's so fucking good. Like, I was just looking it up and I saw it won a couple awards, which is pretty cool. You would not expect mm-hmm. a movie like this to win in a Golden Globe, mm-hmm. but it did, which is pretty awesome. Um, you know, uh, there's so many movies that have come out recently of, like, biopics type of things, and... This one is probably the funniest one, mm-hmm. like probably one of the most spot on ones I've seen because James Franco just looks exactly like Tommy Wiseau. It's scary. Um, I too like the background um, cast as well. I love the Hannibal Burris and I love Seth Rogen and I think that they just did a really great job of having all those people just completely dumbfounded at what they're doing but they're like well i need the money so i'm just gonna keep letting this guy just shit on all this whole production (laughs) um and i like dave franco in this too not as much he's not my favorite character but i think that he does a great job of of building up that relationship with tommy and and you know knowing what comes out of this whole relationship like are they still friends uh, they, know? they, they've kind of reunited, like, they had, a, they had a falling out, like this movie shows, and then they kind of reunited once the room got popular. They've since made another movie with Paul Shearer in it called Best Fiends, uh, or it's Best Friends, mm. but the R is in parentheses, so it looks like fiends, and I have not seen that, but, uh, I mean, it looks amazing. Interesting. I think Tommy, <laughs> well, Tommy Wiseau plays like a, like a, uh, a, um... A morti- are they morticians? A mortician, yeah, he's a mortician, yeah. which is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Did he write that also? Uh, I don't know who wrote that one. I, I, I oh, have to look anyway, up that one. anyway, yeah, yes, they um, still do stuff together. Well, that is just amazing because they really do show that through their portrayals in this. That I would imagine that they were still friends and still like talking about this stupid movie. Um, I especially like the end where. Tommy is so embarrassed and nobody wants to laugh, but obviously you're gonna laugh because you know how bad it is. Even the girl, even the girl who plays Lisa is so fucking embarrassed that oh, she's in poor. this movie. Um, I feel so, so horrible for the every... real, the real Juliet Daniel who had to play that, who had to do this. It just oh, sounds, yeah. it sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> but yeah. you know what? It, it, I think that they just really showed everyone's true character in this, and I, I have to give it a five also. 
Uh, yeah, this is a uh, we get a solid Cinco Fiesta with these characters uh, because <laughs> because because yeah, everyone you know from the room, like everyone who plays those characters, is spot on. The background cast is super entertaining, uh, and I think I like our leads a lot. I think Dave Franco, who we haven't talked about as much as Tom as James Franco playing Tommy Wiseau, because that's just that's the whole thing. But um, he has the really hard job of showing like this nineteen year old good looking kid baby face uh, that <laughs> you know. Why did you befriend this 30 40 something guy who says he's from Louisiana? <laughs> he's but the he's... same age. Anyone else to, to bring up? I mean, no, I mean, I, we don't have to harp yes. on the character. Oh, what? Who? Josh Hutcherson. Yeah, you freaked <laughs> Playing Danny. As soon as <laughs> so I saw Denny. Josh Hutcherson, I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing. <laughs> There's so many he good. Did so good. Everyone has like such good little lines. Like, do I have to call him Chris R? Like, he's, there's no other Chris's, right? Like, what? And then like the the um, uh, Claudette's the Claudette character. She's always like, I don't know why I have to say breast cancer because it never it never comes back. She says it every every time we see her. And he's it's a twist. And, uh, Tommy's just like, it's a twist. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy has like to, to, even like the na- the name of the movie of his movie The Room. He said it's because good and bad things can happen in a room. That's why he called his movie The Room. And it doesn't even take place in one room. It takes place all over the place. It's it's amazing. It's it's just like a special kind of amazing. And I think the, all the actors do a really good job at selling. They all they all have to basically be a bunch of straight men around Tommy, and it works really well. Uh, it's the, it's the highlight of the movie. Uh, so the visual and sound. This will be interesting. Uh, back to you, Nicole. What do you think of that? Um, yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? The beginning <laughs> is <laughs> beginning is average. I mean, there's not much happening for me in the beginning in terms of the the set or anything like that. It's really when we dive into uh, recreating the scenes from the movie and. You know, we when you have the background knowledge of what it's supposed to be and like what you're expecting, um, you already set an expectation for yourself in your mind, and you're like, I really hope that they do this true to what it's supposed to be. Um, I think that they really do. Uh, I'm I was very like pleasantly surprised to see how accurate this looked to the other one, um, especially at the end where in the in the end credits they show the side by side of the actual movie versus what they've created in this. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that even the timing of the lines is the exact same and people looking in the same direction, yeah. or the same shirt, whatever. The like, mannerisms I just think that are it, perfect. Yeah. So perfect. So perfect. They really took the time, even if the rest of the movie was a little bit off, it doesn't matter because they took, they chose to make those four or five scenes really sell it to us at the end that it just left you with such a great feeling after watching it. The, I don't really remember any music. If there is any, it's <laughs> oh, not no. because it's bad. There's it's a really good I, song in there. I was going to mention. <laughs> oh, you can, I know. I already know what it is. I'll yeah, let you too. talk about yeah, it. You can do it. <laughs> yeah, come on. Um, <laughs> You're very excited to talk about the part. <laughs> that scene's really, that scene looks so fucking funny. But anyway, um, Everything is really good. Otherwise, um, I'll give it a four. What do you think, Griffin? Uh, all right. So start off. Well, obviously, I have to start off with that song that I was going to talk about. Is uh, it's it's uh, Rick Astley with "Never Give You Up." They're both singing it together. 
It's, oh, that's a different. Oh, that's not what I was thinking of. That's not the part I was thinking of either. Maybe we'll bring up a different part. But that's part you like. <laughs> no, that was the. I love it because all you could hear is like Tommy Wiseau's character just like. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and then now Rick, Rick Astley is like the biggest meme now. So it's like so this is really perfect to have this song in this movie. I was like, of course they would pick this song for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like on like a technicality side, I did think it was very accurate to like when they showed the shots of the original movie and the like at the very end when they're doing the side by side comparison was probably like the actual highlight when they do the when you could see the them do the exact same lines in the exact same way. He just portrayed it so well, and I give it a. <laughs> I right almost forgot, but uh, I got I'll give it a three. So, I've... Brennan, before you before you talk, I, there is another character that we love that's in this that we just forgot briefly. It's at the very end. It's one of the recreation scenes, and yeah. Lauren Ash plays the cashier in the florist shop. Yeah, Lauren Ash, who uh, we love, who's our favorite character. <laughs> she plays our favorite character in Superstore, uh, and yeah, she has just she has, and it's one of the most iconic scenes. It's the high doggy sequence where, where oh, it's so high, good. That's uh, like, just, I forgot. I totally forgot about that part. Oh, that part was really good. <laughs> we didn't talk about Brian Cranston either. How he like he plays. He's oh, playing yeah. <laughs> fifteen year younger himself when he was on Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of good little little cameos. Anyway, there's not- just so many little things. I know we could talk about these like all the little and the parts we've been talking about mostly are like the recreation middle, like because that's just the best stuff. I mean, everything else is like it's a, it's like fine biopic stuff. Although I don't want to uh, forget about some of Tommy's just just his dropped lines or so. He doesn't know what Home Alone is, and but like <laughs> he's trying to play it off like he does. And uh, uh, when he find, when he hears the James Dean, you're tearing me apart line later on, he's like, it's so good. You're taking me apart. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> it's not, that's not what the light is. <laughs> uh, oh, and when he walks up to, who's that director he walks up to? Oh, I can't think of his name. Oh, right and he, well, it, he, the, the character is Justin Hammer, who's a film producer, but uh, he's played by Judd Apatow. You talk about the restaurant scene? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah never so ne- obnoxious. Never in a million years <laughs> is this going to happen for you. Yeah, but after that, that's so great. Too many, too many good Tommy lines to drop. Uh, no, and the music part I was going to bring up is when they're walking in for first day of shooting, and it's playing. Uh, it's when you want it all, but you can't. What's that song? Oh called? yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, epic. Yeah. Epic. Yeah, it's probably epic when when Tommy and uh, Greg are walking in their first day to make it. I thought that was. Did you have a different music moment, Nicole? Because that's the one I was thinking of. The 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 sex scene. Oh. Song. You are my rose. You. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. That's of the real. That's of the real. That was of the real movie. Uh, that's the one that they play during. Um, that's the one they play during. Belly button. Greg and no, they play that one during Greg and Lisa's. They play a different one uh, for Lisa and Tommy's. I know. I know the the songs. They mention. The 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 one they're playing in that one is I would climb the highest of mountains. <laughs> oh, that's so good. They even show the fake rain, the pain. Uh, you could just, you could just go like top oh, hundred. Rain, sexy rain, <laughs> sexy rain. Yep. <laughs> even though they had the establishing shot showing it was daytime and it's sunny. Just how like <laughs> how so like pompous he was when she had like a birthmark. He's like, ew, that is disgusting. <laughs> oh my god, Dude, this I, poor woman is being shamed. Paul Shearer was about to murder him. <laughs> oh my god, was so disgusting. Bad. 
a uh, disgusting human. <laughs> of course, in the actual movie, there's rose petals stuck on her body. They they look like lesions. So uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> they could they could they could have gone even they could have gone even meaner. Um, uh, what, what are we talking about? Visual and sound, whatever. I don't even care. I just want to keep saying things that happen in the movie. Uh, I'll give the visual and sound like a three five, I guess. Um, the recreation stuff's really good. Everything else has kind of got a, a more traditional biopic feel to it. Um, but oh yeah, everything recreation wise is is such a great attention to detail. Um, oh, so wait, last uh, last thing, uh, the perfect uh, quality of sound. If you want to talk about that, but that's when they were doing the Shakespeare in the at the very beginning with Tommy Wiseau when, when they first meet. Oh, when when they're oh. yelling in the diner. When they're yelling Tom, in the diner, Tommy's like, doing like Come on, wind we sounds. don't care about these people. <laughs> <laughs> So ridiculous. Hello, they, and then when their seats done, people like look confused, and a couple of them clap because they're like, oh, yeah. was I? <laughs> "Oh, Tommy, good old Tommy." Anyway, the 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 end of this movie. I mean, the when Gre- Greg and Tommy have a falling out because Tommy makes Greg shave his beard uh, for the whole like Greg mm-hmm. gets shaved in the movie. It's supposed to mean. He's taking his mask off. I don't know. It's, it has a meaning in the actual movie, but really, Tommy's just mad that Greg's. Really, I didn't Tommy's get that just part, mad. That, really? No. Well, in the actual movie, it's Tommy says it's supposed to mean like Greg is being revealed as a two two faced or something. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> he, he's really do, he's really doing it because he's mad. Greg's moving out and going to move in with his girlfriend. Because um, that's another thing we don't really talk about. Tommy probably secretly has some sort of love for for Greg. I don't know if he's actually gay or what the whole how that whole thing works out. But he's got like a. He gets jealous when Greg spends time with anyone else, especially if it's a woman. So I think that's all that's all part of it. So they have their falling out. And then we fast forward to like eight months later and Greg's just doing like theater. And Tommy invites him to the premiere of The Room, which the entire cast and crew actually goes to see. Uh, it's at a packed house. They see and then we see <laughs> not the real room, but they're pretty close and almost like almost dead accurate interpretation of mm-hmm. the beginning of The Room. And uh, we watch as the crowd at first is silent, and then you get some moans and disturbing looks when, you know, Tommy's naked, and there's the (laughs) the pillow fight in the bed, and there's just a lot of disturbed looks. Uh, Then people start laughing at it, and then Tommy gets mad that they're laughing. The pillow fight is the best thing ever. The pillow fight's But three's a crowd. (laughs) (laughs) Two's great, but two's great, but three's a crowd. Which is Uh, still not the right way to say that. (laughs) I just like to watch you guys. (laughs) Josh Hutcherson playing that role was like such a a welcomed surprise. I was like, I love when he's in the theater and Denny's saying those horrible lines, and he's like looking around, like, "Huh, anyone reacting?" And like, no one's saying anything. (laughs) Lisa, uh, the actress playing Lisa, is having like flashbacks in the in the thing when she's getting all the sex scenes are happening. Oh, it's oh, I feel so bad for her. (laughs) It's it's terrible. But um, uh, Tommy gets mad when people start laughing. They think he's make they're making fun of his movie. And then uh, Greg's able to convince him to come back in because, like, look, you made a movie. They they're they're they like it. I mean, they don't like it like you thought they would, but they like it. So then Tommy does his his pivot and he's like, ah, thank you for liking my comedic film, everybody. And um, and he invites Greg on stage. They get a standing ovation, and that's the end. Until you know, we get the post credit scene where uh, they uh, they show some actual footage of Tommy like going to events, and then they do the um, they do the. Uh, uh, exact recreations that we see um so that's that's how the movie the room ends uh back to you griffin what do you think of the resonance and feel 
Oh, I definitely had some feelings after this movie. It was really... <laughs> <laughs> it stirred up some feelings? <laughs> oh, yeah. It stirred up some feelings, because it's definitely, like, a top top five movie of all time, of course. You know, the Room is... The Room classic. or The Disaster Artist? <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both are great. Both? Uh, <laughs> it's, uh... I, I think it just makes me appreciate The Room more, though, than being its own standalone movie, which kind of sucks, because, like, it, this by itself wouldn't make any sense. Like, I feel like people, if you haven't seen The Room, you this it won't make as much sense, like, when you're going through the whole story of, like, Tommy Wiseau and what, what, he, what he is. <laughs> you're saying this, well, you're saying to someone who hasn't seen The Room, this wouldn't make, the, the disaster artist is not as good. No, it would not be nearly as good, because uh, you don't know, like, him as him, him in the movie, or how crazy he is, or just, like, all these little mannerisms that he does you wouldn't know that ahead of time so you're just thinking like what the fuck is this guy's problem we haven't even (laughs) talked about his laugh one of the the (laughs) sweetest little (laughs) yeah so i probably give it a total like i'll give it four or five four five okay what do you think nicole yeah i i agree i really like this um i do agree with griffin that perhaps it wouldn't get the same rise out of somebody who isn't familiar with the original film um and just the allure of of Tommy Wiseau, and like we don't, as as Brendan stated, we don't know anything about him. Nobody does, and it's just such a strange thing that that this guy who so desperately wants to be famous, at the same time will conceal all these things about his identity. It's just very mis- mysterious, and I think he's just trying to keep himself up on that high level of directors or producers that everybody is familiar with they even give a nod to alfred hitchcock in the film you know that he's he's like i'm that this is he's like this is how this is how hitchcock treated his people he treated them like shit and look at what he did he made amazing movies that's what i'm doing and like that's not how he's coming across so it's just like such a strange thing to see him act this way when it's not giving the same benefit that like people like Hitchcock got from how they treated people. Right. Um, I mean, overall, just the way that they made this and everyone's sarcastic attitude towards Tommy Wiseau and everyone fucking hates him, but they're still just making this dumb movie because they need the money or whatever the reason is. They are too late. It's too late to back out now type of thing. Like, I just, I'm so glad that everybody was there for it and they just kept going. Um, and it's also funny to think that some of those people, like, that's their legacy is, like, they played whoever in the room. Like, that's embarrassing. But <laughs> um, I'll, I'll give I'll give Disaster Artist a 3.5. Uh, yeah, so I first I want to talk about the send real quick. Um, I don't think this is how the original screenings of The Room went. It played in one theater for two weeks. Uh, because Tommy wanted it to be Oscar eligible, and those are the rules to be Oscar eligible. You have to play for two weeks in at least one theater. So uh, that's why he did it like that. Uh, I think the ending is more of like an amalgamation of what the next ten years would be, which is people not getting it at all and not liking it, and then small little cult fans going back and thinking it's hilarious and laughing at it. And Tommy, for a long time, was like just mad that no one liked his movie, and then kind of later pivoted it pivoted to saying yeah it's a it's a black comedy it's not a it's not a drama film it's uh you know i made it this way on purpose and he often 
ends or starts his speeches when he's on talk shows or getting interviewed. He says, you can do whatever you want with the room. Just, you can laugh or you can cry. Or you can just feel your emotions, but just be, 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 be safe with everybody. That's, he says some <laughs> shit like that. So I, I don't, whatever. Um, so I think that ending is, is kind of a, a mix of like 10 years all personified by that one thing. Um, this is great for fans of the room. The bigger the fan of the room and the bigger the fan of Tommy Wiseau you are, the more you will like this. Uh, it is frustrating you don't get even more on Tommy because that's what you want to know. Uh, mm. I mean, now it, now we do know like he li- he was likely born in Poland. Uh, he lived in France at some point. <laughs> uh, he is in his people. I looked on uh, his wiki and it says he's sixty four years old. And I looked at like the reference as to like, well, how do they know he's sixty four? And it cited the U.S. Department of Justice naturalization document of Thomas Pierre Wiseau of San Francisco from the Northern District Court of California. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess he became in September fifth, nineteen eighty four. He became a naturalized citizen, and I guess that's. That's how we know. So he is in his 60s mm. now, but uh, there you go. There's there's as much as we know on Tommy. Still don't know where he made all his money, but uh, that's that's fine. Um, yeah, I'm going to give this movie a four, I think, for Residence and Feel. Uh, if, like Griffin said, if you have not seen The Room, I, it's hard for me to even gauge what you would think of this. I think it would be pretty lackluster. Um, this is this is for people who love The Room. So uh, we're at the end here. I'll go to you, Griffin, first. Would you recommend The Disaster Artist? Uh, I would recommend watching The Room first, and then watching The Disaster Artist, but, <laughs> but, uh, on, yeah, honestly, by itself, it's still, like, a, a pretty decent movie. It's still got some crazy things. You might find it funny if you haven't seen The Room, so I would give it a try anyway. That's my little short. I got short and sweet, you know? <laughs> short and sweet. Cool. Um, I, yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. I agree. <laughs> I, I would recommend with, with whatever Griffin just said. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, there you go. Like, if I if you have not seen the room, this is probably like kind of a mediocre mediocre biopic. And if you have seen the room, this is just a nice celebration and uh, just just more room, which is what everyone wants. Because Tommy has made things since the room. I've watched a couple of them. They're pretty unwatchable. But uh, he does have a movie coming out this year that he a new, the second movie he's directed Ooh. feature length called Big Shark. And uh, that'll be interesting. Sounds that's good. a horror movie. That's a horror movie, and it is written by Tommy Greg Sestero and Isaiah Laborde. So, gonna be interesting to see what their what hmm. their big shark movie is gonna be. It says three. <laughs> I hope there's a lot of twist. <laughs> the only premise is three firefighters must save New Orleans from a killer shark. So, <laughs> gonna be good. It's gonna uh, be like Sharknado. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. Might be. Uh, last thing I'll leave us on, we do have three recommends for The Room, and that's kind of a qualifying recommend if you have seen, or not The Room, <laughs> The Disaster Artist. We have three recommends for The Disaster Artist, and that's qualifying, saying if you've seen The Room, you will you should watch this. If not, go see The Room first, then watch this, and then you'll w- hopefully appreciate it. I would say it. it's recommended if you haven't seen The Room, but it's required if you have seen The Room. <laughs> oh, oh it's, requ- it's required for Room fans. There you go. Straight yeah. from Griffin. Griffin's ha- handing out tickets to anybody who yeah. hasn't seen The Disaster Artist and yeah, seen The Room. If you go to his website, you can buy you can buy a bunch of The Room, so you can definitely go you Buy some it. Tommy Wiseau underwear. Get that on your body. Um <laughs> Last thing I will say before, uh, Nicole brought it up earlier and I forgot to mention it, but uh, how uh, James Franco won the Golden Globe for Best Actor in this. 
he invited Tommy up on stage and Tommy, they, they had to wait several, like several minutes as he came down from like the nosebleeds. He then proceeded to push, push James Franco out of the way and grab the award and then run right to the microphone and starts talking about how great his movie is. So, oh my God, I have to see that. Clip. There's a, there's a nice clip of that floating around on YouTube. James Franco's ex- golden globe acceptance speech. And then watch Tommy wise out ambush it. Um, so yeah, a lot of, that's embarrassing. Dobby is a bad man. So uh, he's uh, probably a horrible person in real life, but he's an entertaining figure to watch. Uh, so that that it will do that will do it for the disaster artists. Uh, as I said before, theaters are going to be opening up in July. At least most of them are. So the first movie we'll be doing back in theaters is Christopher Nolan's Tenant. Uh, we do have a few more reviews coming in before then, including our Fourth uh, of July review. If you listened last year at Fourth of July, you'll know we did National Treasure. Well, we're doing a follow up this year: National oh Treasure, boy. Book mm. of Secrets. So Woo! I think think that'll be coming up next for your Fourth of July episode. Uh, and then we also have Mama K's host pick will be coming up in uh, in a few episodes as well. So uh, recommend a few things to us in the meantime before we get back into the theaters. Films with the women in my life on Facebook. You could reach out to me on Instagram. I am Brennan underscore pod host. You can uh, reach out on Twitter at films, women pod, and you can email the show films with the women at gmail.com. Thank you, Nicole, for being on. Thank you, Griffin, for filling in for our usual, our usual co-hosts. Always a, always a pleasure. It's uh, always a chaotic episode when Griffin's on. It's especially chaotic when it's about Tommy Wiseau. So well, next time. I, I think I should get a recommend of you guys should do the room next, like as a movie, <laughs> just like the actual. I I am think I'm the only <laughs> person on the show who would like to do that. I don't think Jess and okay have any interest, and I I think Nicole's probably had enough of the room. But uh, I might be all roomed out, but we'll uh, see. But you got, oh, there's you got, always you got there's power. always room. There's always room for the room. So uh, <laughs> till next time, this is Brennan signing off, saying thanks for listening and enjoy your. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.